<laughs> Hello there and welcome back to the Natalie and Dennis show podcast. podcast. Happy Friday. Oh my gosh. It's been too long. First of all, I'm so focused on your hat. It looks so cool. What the heck is that? It's someone that's like hiking. Wait, I love that. Yeah. Anyways, that's kind of random. But you guys, <laughs> we are back. We have been gone for the past three weeks. We were in so many different places as our little homebodies. Um, we are. We were in Ibiza. Yeah. Then we went to. And we went to Madrid, which I had always been wanting to go to. Yes. Our first time in Europe. So we're going to touch on that. And then we finally. Well, no, I went to my very first influencer trip. Which is honestly a very big topic for today. We're trying. I want to know more about influencer trips just because obviously I haven't been to one. Yeah. And now you have one under your belt. Yeah. And I want to understand what goes on on an influencer trip and what were the benefits of you personally going on the trip? Yes. So we're going to dive into all that today. We're super excited to have you guys here. I just wanted to say, first and foremost, thank you so much to everyone that watches us on YouTube every single Friday. I feel like our community is so tiny, but so mighty. And just, I, it's, it's interesting because I used to have a podcast and damn, we had so many views on that podcast. It was like 500,000 listens an episode. Remember that? Yeah. On hashtag viral. This podcast is nowhere near that, but I will say I feel very close to this community and I just feel like it's a way for, I don't know, us to kind of like show up every week that we're not already currently doing on my YouTube channel. So it's just been really lovely. And I just wanted to say, I see you. I acknowledge you. I read all of your comments and I appreciate it. So yeah. For show, for show. Yeah, today Davi is not in the house. Also, today we do not have our third camera. Today we're also recording on a Wednesday, and this podcast goes live on a Friday. So we're catching up, girl. You know what I mean? Like we just got back from vacay. I have the beautifulest tan. Let me just show you. Look at this girl. Wow. Look at this. It looks gorgeous. I feel but that's so from happy. Boca Raton. That is from Boca Raton. It's not from Spain. Yeah, honey. So how do we want to dive into it this week? I know we're just going with the flow in this episode. Well, like Natalie had mentioned before. It was our first trip to Europe, period. So I wanted to start the episode with that. What was our experience going to Europe, traveling like legitimately for the first time? And how did it affect your brain? Like, does that make sense? Like, how did it positively and or negatively affected your brain, jet lag and all that stuff? All right. So... Uh, we went to Ibiza, Spain. We got invited by the creators of the Five Minute Journal, Mimi and Alex Icon. Iconic, okay. Um, their business is called Intelligent Change, and I was a part of the 180 people of entrepreneurs that got invited. Um, these were not your typical entrepreneurs, you know. These were like really, I would say, like holistic. So think of someone like um, Tony Fidel the creator of the iPod. He was there. Or take someone like the creator of the Calm app. Hello. So like, you know, it was very, um, what, what would you call it? Like enriching, enriching, but also it felt kind of like yogi. <laughs> it was I, extremely yogi. It's all about like barefoot living and like, and let me tell you guys, I like some of the workshops that they had were so awesome. I went to an orgasmic breast workshop. And I'm going to get into that a little <laughs> bit, what that even meant. Yes. And this was a business thing. So we went to Ibiza for that. It was so fun. Let's give them the rundown of how it went down. So we actually okay. figured out that we were going to go to this. Yes. Like with two, two weeks. weeks of anticipation. <gasps> yeah. So that is not enough time for us because usually we're extremely 
calculated when it comes to our schedule. Like we're always so ahead. All my TikTok posts, all my filming, everything on YouTube. So this was like <gasps> hard and fast. We kind of had to be like, yes, we told um like our editors were like, hey guys, we're going to be kind of like taking a pause on this stuff, but we're going to have a ton of content after we come back. And we just said yes. And we went for it. And it was the best decision. Like, you know, when you just like have something that feels so right. Yeah. I love doing this with you, honey. It was really cool because like I am a creature of the home. I don't go out very often and Natalie doesn't go out often either. Mm -mm. And you know, you always have those dreams of like, what's Europe like and stuff like that. But you never like really take action on it. Like this is our time to take action. I was hesitant at first. Um, Oh my God. It took me so much to convince him because literally you guys, like we do not travel anymore. I feel like we used to all the time and well, COVID did a yeah, big thing. COVID did a lot, but also like we got really used to our routine and we love our routine. We love being home and we love being able to like check in, check out and then go to the gym, see our family, like all that stuff. So this was just like, it was different for us. I know. And like some people are probably like, well, you don't want to travel. So anyways, yeah, we booked the ticket two weeks before expensive as hell, obviously, because it was like on top of the flight. And then we ended up flying. We went through London, which I advise to avoid because it's not technically a part of Europe anymore. Um, you actually hired a stylist. Oh my God, Yomi. Yomi, you saved my life, girl. Let me tell you, <laughs> one of the most stressful things for me is packing. I will wait to the last second. I will wait till the last minute. And then I'm literally like closing my, uh, my trunk or maleta or whatever. My luggage, my, luggage, my luggage. That's the word. That's the word. I'm luggage. closing my luggage. Like it's so bad. Like I'm on top of it. Anyways, the whole point is I hired a stylist to help me out and girl, she came through. If you saw the Instagram pictures, I just felt so happy, you know, to know what I was going to wear. If I could have a life stylist for like everything in my life, it'd be amazing. When Natalie is indecisive about her clothes, she comes to me and <sighs> it's also very stressful on me because she has a night, like a preconceived preconceived notion of what she wants to look like. In this case, it was very like Bali-esque, Ibiza Island, kind of like that. Caribbean. And like, I'm pretty more, I'm much more streetwear. And so like, I, I don't know how to dress you for the beach. Point is, you turned out really nice. We have different uh, ideas about fashion. Aesthetics, yeah. completely, which is fun. I actually really appreciate it. You're more like what you just said, like city, New York, like yeah, yeah. all that stuff. I'm more like, Island girl. <laughs> Boho. Boho. Stuck in the millennial phase. Anyway, so can I get into the orgasmic thing? Okay, let or? me let me let me just get okay. So we we arrive. It's a really cool event. There's a lot of interesting people that are arriving. And for example, I didn't know the extent of at which the of it, like actual classes would be, but it was a lot of like yoga and breath work, which is like a very interesting thing. If you're not like into like drugs, it's another way of like hallucinating and seeing like your true inner subconscious and self. Yes. I've done that before. I did that in Bali and it was quite the experience. I didn't do it this time around because I've never, I've never done drugs and I don't say that to be like, Oh yeah. Like I'm, you know, but like I, I don't, I never knew what the feeling of like hallucinating or getting high was. And basically with breath work, you're (gasps) that's what you're doing, right? Like over and over. And you just go somewhere else. And I remember when I did this, it freaked me out. Like your whole body tingles. And the first thing that came to my mind, you want to know what I saw in the deep ends of my mind? Tell me, Natalie. Tell me what you saw. This was so unexpected because I was 24 when I did this. And literally, I told myself, I was like, you want to be a mom. 
Boom, boom, boom. Why? Why do you think you told yourself that? I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, and that would never surface up for me. I go back to that now. And I think it's really beautiful because like, obviously I feel like I have a lot of struggles now with like what I want for motherhood. And like, I'm afraid of motherhood and stuff like that. But like, it just, it's a cute reminder for me. That's very <laughs> a nice. Cute reminder. So that one breath work was enough for you. Like, you know, you wouldn't want to do it yeah, again. I didn't want to do it again. And thank God I didn't do it again because the night that we met up with the people that did the breath work class, yeah, this is what yeah. they told us guys. They're like, okay, so you start off by hugging a stranger for three minutes straight. You don't say anything. Can you imagine you're hugging the stranger? You don't say anything. Yeah. And to top it off, you're looking at them in their eyes. Was that, that was a masculinity class. No, that was the breathwork one. The, guys, there was a lot of classes. There was that one. There was a masculinity one. There was uh, like a lot of like women's classes in terms of like breasts. And also uh, you mentioned orgasming Sex. through your breasts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, anyways, and then with that breathwork class, something that they made them do is they asked them, they're like, okay, think about the thing that makes you the most ashamed in life. Like something that you did. Like, think about that. And like, even you right now, like, think about that for a second. Right. And then they partnered you up with someone and they made you stare at them and tell that person what the most shameful thing. And supposedly people were crying and it was very like a very liberating workshop. Mm. So I thought that was really beautiful of Alex and Mimi to like, it was just so different. Cause this is like a business setting. Like I said, you have like all these CEOs and all these different people you'd think would be like sitting in our little business attire, like talking. No, we're like praising no. affirmations. Yeah. And like, it was so cool. I think business people search to get out of what you just said the business attire, the routine of things. And at this point, like they have so much money, like, they're very wealthy people that they're looking for another experience, like something that's almost otherworldly, like outside of the realm that they normally go into. And I think that that's why so many people in like the tech industry are so yogi and go into that kind of stuff. Cause they're trying to attain like this new level of like enlightenment, enlightenment. Yes. <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, with the orgasmic class, this was just for women. So it's like, a, it was like a very, dark room. We all were sitting on pillows. It was so nice. All of these girls just like started actually coming into my circle. It started off and then it was like two other circles and it kind of felt like all this energy of like femininity. And I was like, man, I love this. And then the teacher was like, as women, we are taught to really put ourselves down and like, you know, go through things like plastic surgery or just like not appreciate who we are. How many of you in here have had an orgasm through your breasts? And literally one person raised their hand. The girl next to me, Poppy. Hey, girl. <laughs> and um, the, the lady was like, yeah, um, you can actually have an orgasm through your breasts. I'm going to teach you guys how to do that. So imagine. So she's like teaching us how to like rub your boobs and like how to love yourself. And what I felt was really lovely about this is that as somebody who has had a lot of hate for my own breasts and like I went through surgery, I removed my breasts implants. Um, it was really beautiful to just like tie that in and kind of like just appreciate yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think I went through that self-love journey, but I don't know if I really like incorporate my boobs into like my self-love experience or, okay, now we're getting into sex, but anyway, <laughs> the point is that, um, 
after she showed us how to massage our breasts, what I thought was so cool is she was like, all right, now we're all going to do it. And like these girls do not hold back. Everybody's taking off their shirts. I'm like, what the hell? We got some. Okay, I know you. I've seen you on Instagram. (laughs) Everyone's taking off their shirts. I'm like trying not to look, obviously. The ladies like close your eyes. And I I just massage my breasts under my shirt. My shirt. Obviously, you don't have an orgasm. You never like partake in like nudity stuff. I remember you were at another thing in Hawaii and like the nude beach and you you didn't partake in that either. Well, I'm very open to it. But yeah, um, I'm not. I don't know. I feel like. Okay, the the most nude I've ever been is mm-hmm. like that I felt was very outside my comfort zone is I was in Bali. I was taking one of those ritual baths, literally like like rose petals and stuff. Yeah, but out to the to there was no one there, you know? Yeah. But I was there with my mom and I got naked first. Mm-hmm. Then she got naked. But I could sense that she was like, "Oh my god, like I haven't seen my daughter." naked in a long time and it was such a beautiful like bonding yeah, yeah. experience like it wasn't even about like our bodies and being naked it was just like they, like we're human like this is fine you know and i remember sorry this takes me down another tangent if that's okay that's fine go ahead okay michelle Carey, love you girl i remember <laughs> when i first met michelle she first of all she was always been so intentional with me in our relationship and she took me to a spa And this was during the time that we were recording a video for her channel all about my weight loss. And so she wanted to connect with me and we're going inside of, um, you know, a hot stone steam, whatever the fuck it was. And, um, Michelle just starts stripping her clothes off. (laughs) (laughs) And like, literally this is me inside. I'm like laughing, like, Oh my God, what's happening here? Like, this is so funny. And I didn't take my clothes off, but she was like, Hey, you can, you know, like this is wearing a spa, blah, blah, blah. And like the way I just felt like she was like, she literally like opened herself up to me like that. Like after that moment, we became like the best of friends. And what's crazy is I still don't know where her body looks like because I was so embarrassed to look at her. I was so like, I was hyper focused on her face. You know what I mean? I was yeah, like, yeah. But I thought it was so beautiful for her to just like strip down like that and feel so comfortable with me. And that's why I do like those types of experiences. As it's well. very interesting because like that's like a very feminine way of bonding. I've never heard of something like that with men. And honestly, it's taken like in another way, like, you know, gay or whatever. But maybe Japanese baths, you know how they do it in Japan? Yeah. It's like, no. Yes, Mm -hmm. totally. Well, now that you bring it in that way, totally understood. But in our own personal culture, nudity is so weird, you know? And like, it's really nice that you bonded with your mom in that way. Yeah. It's very sexualized for sure. Yeah. But like, it can be very sacred and very nice. And that's why when I went to the nude beach, it was one of my high like highlights mm-hmm. of experiences that I've had because everybody just looks so human. It's like we have saggy titties on one side. We had this like beautiful no really that's no, what yeah, it was. No, yeah, you know I know I mean? that. I know what you but mean. But like no one was hiding behind their clothes and and everybody was free and it just everybody was laughing. And it was like it's weird if you've never experienced it, but please let me know in the comments if <laughs> That's, that's that's I don't hilarious. care if it's weird to that's you, so girl. Funny. I think that's really eye-opening and beautiful. So overall, just like what were your takeaways from Ibiza and the Intelligent Change Summit? It was a summit that we went to. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing was that I've been stuck being a content creator for so long. And that's okay because that is my zone of genius. Like that is what I do best because I love it. That is what I'm passionate in. However, There is so much left to be done in the world of product 
and just creating something to leave the world better off, if that makes sense. So like the yeah. guy from Calm, you know, like he created this app that honestly, it's such a simple concept. In a way, it's like what I do every single week on my YouTube channel. Like you're creating prompts and you're creating, you know, um, talk through videos that relax people. But now you put it together for the world. And I'm I surprised think- we never did anything with Calm because for a while our channel was about meditation and like being... Sleep? Well, not directly meditation, but sleep and like being at peace and like that's like a hundred percent of what they do well guess what we can still do that you know what true, i mean true true yeah you're we totally can definitely right. reach out so i definitely feel like um i just learned that another thing that i learned is like yes i am kind of like the figure of my business if you will but this business does not just fall on my shoulders and i think that's what's been really hard for me to learn in the past is like how to give that to others yeah and I've been really lucky that, for example, with this podcast, like I barely move a finger because you do it all. So seriously, guys, like <laughs> well, that was my throat. <laughs> Dr. Pepper be doing things. <laughs> no, I just want to say that, like any single post that you guys see on TikTok, on Instagram, like Dennis is in charge of all of that. Yeah. And posting every single like if it wasn't for him we wouldn't be posting every this single friday okay so i feel very very grateful well it's very nice that you had that much of a positive experience from it you know after that we ended up going to madrid which i'm gonna kind of just kind of glance over very briefly because i feel like there's more in the influencing space that i want to talk about other than just our travel right so after that we went to spain like madrid and then we came back and then you had another influencer trip yeah and so what I want to know is, first of all, what was that trip? And then how did that, how was that different from the summit Oh, okay. and the people? And I think it's, it goes a lot with what you learned. It's, it I feel like the influencers at the impress one were influencers and the other ones are business people and kind of product development and like all that stuff. And then how do you like learn from both and mesh it together because the reality is you need both so i went on um my very first influencer trip with impress press on nails and like we had lashes and all the fun stuff so what i saw and i learned there is like you know everybody's like on their phones they're like snapping this and and they're really curating content in the moment what i love and i was so fascinated by was that all the girls none of them were on youtube Mm. like solely All of them started off off TikTok, which made me realize, oh my God, like I'm so happy I started TikTok because brands are really gravitating towards content on there as, as are we, I mean, think about form in general. Yeah. And think about your own behavior. You're always on TikTok versus right. Like, um, versus like going on, on YouTube as much. I feel like we unwind with YouTube at night, but we are really fully on TikTok. So that made me realize I have to strategize a little bit more TikTok content. And what does that mean? It means that on TikTok Tuesdays, which are the days that I record my content, I usually record four different, four to five different videos. Girl, now I'm taking the whole day to record. Like how was yesterday? Well, it was very different from what (laughs) these trips really change your mind in terms of like a lot of stuff. Right. And so I before would tell you like, you know, TikTok's not that hard. It's just finding like a trend that you feel fits you and then like actively going and doing it. And it's a lot of like audios and just like some people make a living out of just dancing and stuff. 
for us, our, our bread and butter is like the, our table stuff where we review products and we do like the Denisita and like your version of it. But then it's also like, there's so much more to TikTok. There's so many other things that you can do. Right. And some of it is just being a part of TikTok culture and just enjoying like the small skits, the small audio stuff. And Which, that's where you can get explosive growth and like be known as someone who's like, in it you know like understands it which i definitely feel like i shied away from until yesterday when yesterday i was like dennis we need to record like this let's go do this like we literally spent all day recording you know that right yeah and it was great and it was great i definitely feel like tuesdays are gonna be so much more lengthy than Mm. they used to be it's not just about me being here but it's like really taking the whole day to record because that is my zone of genius like i keep going back to that because that's what i learned from Ibiza. It's like, I have to be doing the things that I'm very good at, which is creating content versus like the nitty gritty of like admin stuff or like reaching out to brands or, you know, like I can leave that to somebody else. Um, but with like this trip in particular, I just realized, my God, I did not realize how big TikTok has become to the point where, where influencer trips used to be all like YouTubers. Now it's like TikTokers. Like that's very refreshing and interesting. What was it like being surrounded by other creators because so inspiring the way that i see it is like oh there's a creator in orlando who's like really big and there's one in miami but like these kinds of trips bring a lot of creators together within like the same building it's kind of like an event like vidcon but like to a smaller extent but at the same time you guys are closer because you're in contact and eating together yeah so i definitely saw it's like i saw my flaws in them which was so interesting. So like, for example, a lot of the girls um, were Gen Z. They're a lot younger. They started this recently, like two years ago, versus there was only three other girls who were around my age, but they also kind of started things very recently. So I felt like I was the more veteran seasoned creator season honey okay <laughs> veteran is not a bad thing no okay well no. I, I okay fine veteran i don't know experience veteran, it means veteran like, to me sounds like rough and like you're like tough and like a better badass all right i'm a but yeah i am badass anyways and so looking at them kind of talk about their own issues so some of the girls were like oh my god i'm so booked today i'm traveling to this place and i'm going to this place and then like i have these brand deals that i have to do and like and i was like oh my god I was like, have you learned to say no yet in your career? And they're like, not really. Like I'm taking every opportunity. And I was like, I used to be like you. Well, they're like kind of small businesses. And I I think it's important to also see like the majority of the revenue because of TikTok comes to brands. But here's where it gets different. Yeah. I was talking to some of the girls. I was discussing their rates and I was like, girl, this is where I'm at. And I don't even have... The following that you have, maybe there's engagement and stuff like that in, in, in all that, but I was very surprised. And so she was like, yeah, that's why I'm currently leaving my management. And, and that's why I'm doing this because I shouldn't be doing all these brand deals for this amount. I should be doing that for this amount, you know? And so they're really starting to recognize their worth and how much capacity you have as one person. You're shaking your head. I feel like TikTokers, oops, sorry. I feel like TikTokers undervalue themselves highly and don't understand the the worth of the eyeballs that they're reaching. But how can you, when you are just communicating, communicating, they you have know to what talk I mean? to other creators and make friends. I think we spoke about this in one of um, our videos where my very first brand deal was for $5,000. Yeah. Right. I was shook girl. I was like, this is it. Like I was like, thank the heavens. Like seriously, I went to my parents and they were like shocked. We were like celebrating. That's then, how I feel like they feel, but then currently, but then I got a manager and then my first brand deal was 60K. Yeah. 
Do we see the difference? So you don't know until you like, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? If you know, you know. If you know, you know. (laughs) No, but seriously. So I was seeing them and I was seeing their flaws and I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy that I've learned, first of all, to say no to things because you're only one person. Like you don't have the capacity for everything. And the, you know, quality or what is it? Yeah. Quality over quantity as well with, with different elements. Another thing that I saw in them was just like how stuck they are in just content creation. If I could go back and tell myself and give myself advice to my 20 year old self, I'd be like, what is something you're really passionate in? Start building a product out of it. Like I would have done that sooner. I would have done that sooner, you know? And so it was really interesting to just go from Ibiza, all these CEOs who don't have the content creation part. They are paying creators to create and promote their product. And now to go to the creators and see their weaknesses, but also be like, you are so like, you get it. And that's so cool. It's not easy to be the way that you are. And to be honest, I felt so inspired and so pushed to create more content, which is why I'm kind of back. (laughs) And I'm like, like, I feel like, oh my God, I have to be doing it all. But again, I have to like, yeah, put myself back. Let me ask you though. um, All of the creators that were at the uh, creator event, right? Uh, Impress one. Yeah. The influencers. What kind of content do they make? And do they all make similar content? Yes. So this was very focused on like beauty, right? Where we were there for their nails, for their lashes and for their press on toes. Right. Yeah. So from what I saw, a lot of these girls did very much like beauty based tutorials or like get ready with me's, you know, very like lifestyle, very like chatting, chatting with your friend type of vibe. Yeah. Do you think that you were maybe the only one that did like a different, different kind of content? Cause I don't see us doing beauty. I feel like we fit like a different mold. It's kind of weird. It's hard for me to see myself from an outside perspective, but I feel like we're all kind of in the same type of content. But I was inspired after I started viewing um, different girls. I was like, wait, I could be doing a little bit more of that, like more casual form TikToks, you know, which I... Which is what I've been telling you we should do for a while now. Sure, sure. But it's not easy for me. It doesn't come naturally. And I love that people on TikTok make it look like they're just casually walking, walking through the street saying something inspiring. It's like, girl, I'm not like that. But you'd be surprised. I feel like a lot of TikTok is kind of just in the women of the moment. It is. And, and we are too like ingrained in like prep. A hundred percent. And sometimes it's the rawness of just creating in the moment with the phone. Okay. First of all, okay. I got I got to switch this over. Natalie has been editing on her phone. And that has been a massive game changer in terms of content output because you are just so quick at editing. And yeah, obviously there's things like the podcast that need to be done in Final Cut. It's impossible to do on the phone. But when you're doing things on the phone, it like it changes everything. And my first my first like Gen Z interaction with someone working on their phone was my cousin <laughs> who was doing a fucking PowerPoint presentation from her phone because she had it the next day while we were eating pizza. And she did a PowerPoint on her phone and that blew my mind. I was like, it's so tiny. It's on the screen. And she's like with her big ass nails dragging her fingers across the screen. And like it works. But could we mention we were eating pizza and it was like 10 p.m. at night. And I was like, how does she focus? How is she doing this? Like me as a millennial, I feel like I would need to be in a quiet room with my laptop. You know what I mean? But like once you get past those barriers and you learn, I guess the Gen Z way, whatever, it's very inspiring. And I'm in awe 
of how they do things. But it's been like that for a while. It has. And, and I think that we just haven't adjusted oh, yet 100%. because I remember we were at Playlist and this, that Playlist is like a while ago. And so like all the beauty influencers, I saw, I remember I saw James Charles in particular, he was in this moment and he was like posting a picture and it was like a moment where we were all leaving like a room. It was like literally maybe 400 people. And this dude's like editing a picture on his phone. <laughs> Obviously big nails too. Cause like big nails was a thing on dudes and whatever. And then he's like, just doing all this shit and whatever and posted. And then, um, it's like, I don't know how to say it, but it's like churning content out no matter what is going on, staying focused on task and just prioritizing yeah, posting. But it's I have weird. a problem with that. It's weird. I personally struggle with that yeah. and I will be okay to create boundaries for myself where the only day I'm filming is on a Tuesday, for example, because I don't want to be in this rat race of creating content daily and just churning, churning, churning. But what if like, you see something so inspiring, something that you just like, ah, oh, that fits me so well. Like, would you not do it on the Tuesday? That, that's what we've been discussing, right? It's like, do I want to do that? Because again, you run into the issue of like, now you're just creating for this engine constantly. I personally... I'm, I'm giving and I'm taking, right? I'm yeah. creating. So for example, just to give you guys perspective on, on how we do things and what our system is, because I think it's kind of cool. And I personally would love to have heard, like I'm always figuring out, trying to figure out my process, right? So on Tuesdays, we record TikToks. What I do is the week before on Wednesday, I brainstorm everything, right? Is this okay? Because totally. I feel like you're no, kind of... Okay. Totally, totally. Okay. And so on Tuesday, when I record everything, after I record footage from my table, we call it the table TikToks, I then delegate that to my editors. So I'm not, I'm not filming. I'm sorry. I'm not editing that by myself. That would be way too much work. But then now what I'm trying to do is I'm creating more content because usually I have the rest of the day where I would just do like admin stuff. I'm realizing admin is not my zone of genius. So I'm not going to tackle this stuff. I'm going to continue to create. Right. And so now I'm trying to do more of those in the moment things, which is then when I decide, do I want to edit this myself? Do I want to, you know, do this for me. But like, for example, the reason I don't want to get into that zone, which is the creating, let me just, yeah, create in the moment and then churn out. That's okay. Temporarily sometimes, because then what happened last night, it was like 11 PM and I was working. Right. Yeah. And you were like, Natalie, what did you tell me? Well, I said, we, we are constantly saying we clock out at five. We clock out at five. It's like our thing. And you're not. Right? I'm not doing but, that. And so like when Natalie sees that she's working and that I'm like just enjoying myself at night, I feel like it kind of bothers you. But then I also, I remind you that you're working at that time because you want to, and I don't need to, right? We, we decide when we're working or not, but five is like our actual cutoff. Anything past that is like on ourselves. Right. So remember when I told you guys that we're recording this podcast on a Wednesday for Friday, this would never happen. We usually record it a whole week before. So you have time to edit, right? Yeah. So I don't like to be in the the race. Like I've done that before. I've been the person who has done everything. I've it's filmed, not fun. I've edited. <laughs> it's, not fun. it's not sustainable yeah, is what it is, you know, mentally and just down the long run, you're not going to be inspired and you're going to hate what you're doing. Let me interject just really quickly. Right. So I think a lot of the stuff that we've we've learned in the trips, in the traveling, in working, in delegating, because you're mentioning sending things to editors, uh, just it comes with being a veteran. <laughs> veteran, I know yeah, you didn't like that 100%. word. Hundred uh, percent. Just experience and age, and I think it's like 
it's good if a creator before used to be like, man, I edit all my shit. I do everything myself. Like that was like mm-hmm. hustle mentality. Good for you. Yeah. But then at some point it's like, you can't also like berate somebody cause they got they hired an editor. Like it's all about growth. It's a business you're expanding. And like at this point, a lot of people have editors, right? So, but I think that also comes with age. It's understanding you can't do everything. It's understanding that like you are one person and there are people that you can hire that can do things as well as you would or almost as close to as good as you would edit it. Right. Yeah. And so I think I need to take my own advice for so many things. Like I, I'm only on the surface touching the delegation that I can be, you know what I mean? Like I still have so much left. like even for this podcast, like we need help. True. You know, we need help with like branded stuff. We need help with more, um, cutting up and like who's managing all that. Like I still am managing the editing and all of that. Well, with age, what are other things, what are things you've learned to dislike or things that you, you were okay with before, but you've slowly been like, I really don't like that. Like as you've gotten older and we had an experience like that this morning, we were talking at the kitchen table and you're like, I really want to turn off that TV because the TV was on. I want to focus just on you. Right. And then there was like a, it was a moment where I was like, Oh, that might be like an ADHD thing. But now I just think it's like an, we're in a little older thing Mm -hmm. and like noise Mm -hmm. for a lot of people when they're older, it's very bothersome, you know? Yeah. Is there other stuff that you've like come to be like, Oh, I kind of dislike that. You know, I don't enjoy that. Well, I was good. Maybe this is going to make sense to you, but I was talking to my cousin today and she was, uh, mentioning the difference between being a nice person versus being a kind person. Mm -hmm. And this was an awe moment for me. Okay. She said, being a nice person is getting a steak at a restaurant, not liking it and eating it because mm-hmm. you're trying to be nice. You don't want to hurt dis- the chef's feelings. You don't want to disturb anyone. So you're going to eat your steak and then go home and be pissed. <laughs> That's being a nice person. Yeah. Being a kind person is kindly telling the waiter, hey, do you think you could cook this a little bit more for me? And then they bring it back. You were very respectful. You eat your steak and you're happy. Right. Being a nice person is being a people pleaser. Okay. And so one thing that I've learned is, huh, I've been quite nice a lot of my life. And I feel that it's It's time to be kind. (laughs) It's burned me a little bit, but also like it's created resentment within me. So it's time for me to learn to, I don't like the word confrontation, but to just be open about my needs. Yeah. And to be kind about that. I feel like a lot of people hate on Karen's and like Karen became a term where people are like a little bit demanding. They ask for managers. They, they do that kind of thing. They go out of their way to like inconvenience employees and like kind of demand a lot of stuff. Sometimes it's, but a Karen isn't nice. Some, okay. She's not yes. kind. Sorry. She's no, not kind. that's what I was going to do. I was going to deviate from what a Karen is, right. Which is like not kind. She's not kind or it's, nice. It is mean and getting, but, yeah. but, what the Karen wants is usually a request or a demand, yes. right? And so they don't know how to formally ask for that, right? Let's say, for example, you mentioned like the steak. Like if you ask for a steak that like to get cooked better, that can be kind of seen as like a Ken or a Karen moment where they're like, oh, like the workers like that. But you know, what separates that is like, how do you ask for it? And it's expected. Like if you want it, if you said medium and you got a rare steak, like it's totally normal for someone to say that, right? 
Yeah. I was just going to say how my cousin was the one that gave me this example because she's going out with a guy who in her eyes is a little arrogant is what she likes to call it. So she mentioned that situation to me and I was like, I think that's confident. Like for Mm -hmm. you to tell the waiter, Hey, excuse me. Like, can you, can it, would it be okay if the chef cooks this a little bit more for me? You know, like I was like, huh, have I been nice all my life? (laughs) No, it's, it's experience and it's things that come with age. I think another thing that like I personally with age, I actually like when people cancel plans with me. It's, it's weird, but like when someone's like, oh, let's go out to eat or something, whatever. And then they cancel. But like, how oh, far in advance? No, girl. like how far in do, advance? Do you not enjoy when someone's like, there's times where you're going to have a meeting or something and then they cancel and you're like, oh, that feels so nice. Like now you have your time. Show me for a second. You don't enjoy canceling? Uh, Not if getting it's like, canceled on. Handsome. No, not if it's like within an appropriate time frame. I think that's very rude actually and irresponsible because I already scheduled my time. Now, now you're asking me to like switch it up just for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. With age, I think another thing that starts to shorten is patience. I don't think it's patience. I think it's just your own boundaries for yourself. You know, like you just can't cancel on someone like a whole hour before. I get it. I understand what you're saying. (laughs) But what I'm saying is I find pleasure in finding out that something that was maybe taking yes. up a big portion of my afternoon is now gone. And if that happens, if it's a small thing, if it's like a, if it's a get together, then ah, sometimes I feel like a sense of relief. I, I do have less patience though, towards a lot of things like just patient. My fuse is a little shorter, let's say as I've gotten older. And I think it's also, I just don't enjoy people as much. I think <laughs> I've started to be like, you know, crowds, like loud noise like we all start to get like fucking old i don't know what it is it's weird i don't i don't agree with you honey i don't want to i think that's a stigma is is that what you call it no it's a a label that gets put on old people you're impatient you're this and that i have met the most easygoing chill they don't care if you schedule things on time older people okay i think that just might be a you and me thing but for me if you are scheduling something and you cancel last minute I don't like you, Natalie. There, I live with you. Yeah, and I know what happens after someone cancels. You are like, thank God, you put on your PJs and you throw yourself in bed. So you cannot act one way That's and then be another. True. I know you. It depends on the situation. Here's the thing. <laughs> You've already said that. Okay, we're dwindling on the same Whatever. topic. Okay. The point is, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. I want to know your thoughts down okay. below. That's all I care about. I want to talk about Europe and Madrid and our experience. But before that, just don't don't click away. It's Dennis's two random facts of the day. Guess what? Oh, it's that awesome segment that everybody enjoys, right? Don't make that face. We talked about it before. Be as motivated about every single segment we have. Okay. <laughs> so did you know, Natalie, that there is actually something called highway hypnosis? And so highway hypnosis. Wait, can is, I guess what that is? Yes, go ahead. Highway hypnosis. So like you're driving and you just like get lost in your thoughts. And you arrive at your destination and you don't know how you got there. Yeah. That's also a thing in psychology. I forget the name, but it's like when you do something over and over and over again, you do space out. That's scary sometimes. So highway hypnosis, also known as white line fever is an altered mental state in which a person can drive a car, truck, or an automobile. Great distances responding to every event, every external factor safely. And in a manner with no recollection 
of having consciously done so. That's wild. And it's, it's, we are on autopilot for like such a large portion of our days driving. We arrive and like, tell me how that drive to like CVS yesterday was. Can't remember. And it's not that we like, it's so boring. Our our brains have kind of like chunked it and thrown it. It's, it's just very weird, but everybody goes through it. You know, I do find moments like that to be a little meditative though. So for example, one thing I started doing is I stopped listening to anything in the car and I just started focusing on driving. That's an age thing. But honey, can you stop aging? No, 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 no. It's because I studied age for this podcast in particular and the loud noises. People were saying that they don't listen to anything in the car anymore and that they just like silence. But that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I'm trying to be mindful of what I'm doing. So I don't get that paralysis highway thing, you know, like, and actually I find myself when I only do one thing at a time, I'm much more relaxed. So for example, one thing I usually do as well is I watch YouTube videos while I cook. Mm-hmm. Well, I stopped doing that. Like on my really good weeks, I don't do that. And I have such a good, joyful time just being present and cooking. I know it sounds boring. No, it actually, no, it's fine. It helps with your anxiety. It really does. I'm the kind of person that needs to be multitasking all the time. Like I need to be fidgeting with something, watching do. TikTok, doing other thing. stuff while I cook. Like, But that makes tough. us anxious without us even really recognizing it. So I'm trying to not do that. Second reign of fact. Get ready for this, right? So a long time ago, the peach crayon color used to be actually called flesh back in 1962. It's pretty crazy. Wow. But when you really think about it, Crayola has been around for quite a while, yes. right? And they obviously have every single color under the moon. And I always, I was always that kind of kid that like at school, I'd find like those crayons that were like really rare, like weird color. I steal that shit. I don't know if you did. Would you ever Let, steal like go, crayons and stuff like that? No. Let's go back to that though. Why okay. that's significant, right? Flesh. Flesh. When I was in school, I used to draw myself with a yellow crayon. I'm not yellow. Yeah. There was no other color. It was either this pale color, yellow or brown or black. Right. There was no in between. Yeah. And I remember one time I used a pale and this kid was like, that's not the color of your skin. (laughs) So I continued drawing myself in yellow. Yeah. It was so significant to me when I went into Walmart one day and I saw that Crayola came out with their color. Colors of the world. Colors of the world. And I was like, how beautiful would this have been if I had been in school? Like it would have meant something to me. So I love that they, that that color is not no longer called flesh, right? No, it's called peach. Amazing. (laughs) It's really cool. It it also makes me think about just foundations in general. Just what you mentioned to me, like how foundations were only in a certain amount of shades before. Yes. And like now it's all like a big thing, having 20, 30 shades, different colors. It's so necessary, which is why I think, of course, it's difficult for brands. It's expensive. Is it? Is it difficult? I don't know. I want to know about that, actually. I, maybe that's just something I think about. Well, like, it's like it's a totally different skew. Yeah, it is a totally different skew. I don't know much about that. But I will say, like, I started following a lot of black creators, mm-hmm. like really, really dark. Mm-hmm. And I really, I honestly, I sympathize with like their, they were like applying the darkest shade of a foundation. And it was like so sheer. like it just doesn't work no it just like didn't work 
And I was like, I can't imagine going to this particular makeup brand and being like, I can't find my shade. Like, it, it can, it, I can see it being a total hassle. Yeah. I remember, um, skinny jeans were like a big thing and this is like different from foundation, but like skinny jeans were a big thing and I have big calves. That's just <laughs> how it is. Right. And so I would go to American Eagle and they had like stretch jeans and like, it feels good at my thighs, but then my calves are like constricted <laughs> and I was like, I can't find good jeans that like work for me. And like, the thing is we're all humans and we're all different shapes, different colors, different sizes. And it's just really hard to find something particularly made just for you. But when you do, and and so basketball players are known for being really good at dressing. And then people were were like, you know, LeBron's such a good dresser, but like he has such a weird body type. It must be really hard to find outfits that fit like each particular person. And, And they're like at the extreme end of like, humans like tall fit like they look like a double the size of a person like how do they even do it they have a stylist and a tailor for it's, sure it's just so interesting how we're all so different and we have to like find what's for us and obviously foundation is a good example of you know trying to match everyone yeah exactly very difficult so now i want to talk about spain and our experience in madrid and everything that we learned about europa uh natalie if if you live in europe you are lucky (laughs) (laughs) the food is so good it tastes it just tastes so good it's funny that you started with food first like did you want to like tell them about our experience first or like just you went straight into food i mean food is so important it's the life source of your life you know what i mean and i just i mean one thing that i noticed is Women there are very like, they're like really thin. They're fit. They're fit. Correct. They're fit. I notice a lot of them always asking like, does this have oil or what's in this? Like they're very conscious of their health. But then another thing I noticed in Europe is how many people smoke. And I was like, that's so interesting. Girl, damn, everybody smokes. Yeah. Like we went to the park and uh, not me judging the mom. (laughs) (laughs) like i was like side eyeing this mom i was like looking at dennis i was like i can't believe it because she has a baby and her friend is smoking in front of the baby and i was like can we like this is so bad for the baby right and then like a few minutes later she passes her baby to her friend and she starts smoking in front of the baby i'm like what the hell girl we're in europe <laughs> so we arrived in madrid we picked like a really nice place called la plaza de España, right it's like right there I made sure we picked something that was like super central that like it was like touristy, but like at the same time we could go find like normal streets or whatever. And oh man, like I could literally sit here and talk about Spain all day, every day. If you have been to Latin America, it's very similar. I'm not going to lie. It's like not that, that different, but I can see how older people can live a more substantial life, like happy life. Why is that? Well, okay. So First of all, it's the kind of place where you go outside and you can just walk. You can aimlessly walk f- fucking eight, 10 miles, just not doing anything, just enjoying the sights. I mean, we would walk 22,000. Yeah, right? we, we would walk hella distance and we would, oh, look, a little croissant shop and we go inside. Oh, look, we need water for the hotel and we'd get water. Like we would get everything and anything just walking through the streets finding new restaurants, exploring. And it's like, you're not at home. You're just not home. You're, we weren't in the hotel ever. 
right? We'd only stop at the hotel at the end. And it's not the kind of thing that we went through just because we were on vacation. You can tell that that's like the daily activity of people in Europe. Well, one thing I'd ask myself is when do people work? Because <laughs> there was people at all times everywhere. And again, it might be the tourist thing. Maybe it's not, but like you definitely see just more outings, you know, people are more in community with family, with friends. That's something that I came back and I was like, I need to have more of that. So for example, like I don't see anyone in my day except for Dennis. And unless I make the effort to go see my parents, that's it. That's daily. Human interaction. Monday through Friday. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that's healthy. So I was on a bike ride a couple days ago and like, I don't want to like diss the American family, like the, the package of like what we are in America, but like this father's like mowing the lawn and he has his child next to him, just like playing with the grass. Right. And so (laughs) like that kid, you can just tell personally speaking, doesn't interact with a lot of people. Is just at home watching TV cartoons and like, that's it. He's, he is the image of the TV. He is a representation of what the TV is teaching him. He is Coco Melon. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Whereas when we were in Europe, like there were kids running around, there were kids in these parks, like partaking with other kids. It's like your community builds you. Right. And so they are a little bit more street smart, a little bit more rugged, a little bit more of like understanding of like, oh, you can get scammed in certain things. Don't do this. Don't go down these streets. Like it's it's like more worldly. So then what takeaways do you have from that for your own family in the future or even currently right now? I, I have a few. Don't like living in the woods. I don't like being in the outskirts. I personally have always enjoyed city living. I am the type of person that's willing to give up space for location. Ew, hell I am not the point in my life where I'm not going to live in a city, but I have to understand myself. I think you don't live in a city maybe because of me. Yes. Because I don't like the air quality in the city. That's one thing from Ibiza to Madrid. Girl, I was choking. Not only was everybody (laughs) smoking around me, but the city is stuffy. You know what I mean? Like Dennis's grandparents, they've always lived in... yeah, like a farm. They like always lived in a way farm. out in the middle of nowhere. Way out in the farm, man. I was so happy there. You just feel the sun differently. Everything just feels better. And then you, they never like being in the city. Why? Because it's stuffy and the air quality isn't that great. We're very lucky. We live in like a suburb yeah. area, which feels kind of like a little town. You go out and it's like okay, cool. There's a little, we have nothing. We We have nothing. We don't meet people. We don't see. Like, yeah, I can go play in the basketball courts, but that's like not the type of thing that I'm getting from Spain. Like, like it's just different. So and that's how all of Europe is. And that's how a lot of South America is. And the only comparisons that I can think of in the U S are LA, New York, Miami, and like big cities. And I'm at the same time, I'm not bashing rural lifestyle. Like that's great. You can live on your own, have like a fucking, like a quad bike and drive around, do like mudding. Like that's all cool because you're on your own. You're basically solitary, but I do feel like human interaction through walking through cities, entering restaurants, being cultured, eating croissants and like enjoying just like what the day brings as opposed to having everything meticulously planned because you're just by yourself and like nothing can throw a wrench into like your plans. Like it is how you planned it. That's like just different. I don't know. Well, um, I learned that at the summit, I learned that people there recommend having a dinner party once a week with like your six, six different friends. And that creates community in itself. 
that's something I want to incorporate. For example, I think mm. it could be our family. You know, it could be my uncle. It's like just inviting people over. I don't I think it should be family. That. I th- actually think it should be not strangers, but friends just to expand. It could be anything like, yeah, your friend group and just yeah. like your community, your thoughts. And I know, think everything. that that's what something like I remember I had friends who like Dungeons and Dragons and like that's a big thing. Uh, even like card games or board games are big because it brings about like, you know, a reason to get together. I have that through Xbox, but it's definitely not the same as like seeing someone in person. So yeah, it brings about community. That's one thing. Another thing I want to incorporate is um, a community for my faith and my spirituality. I feel like I really could utilize that. I do feel like I used to have that at the gym when me and a lot of people would go like what? Mike, you have to turn it at you. You're oh, talking I, through the bottom. I thought I had a booger or something. No. <laughs> Freak me out. Anyways, I used to have that at the gym. That's also a way of like getting that like, you know, friendship, serotonin, if you will. And I think you actually have this already. Every Sunday you go and you play soccer with like a bunch of people. And then yeah. you guys go and grab Duncan after. Like, that's so cool. Duncan. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. That totally changed me. Like Duncan in Europe. Next freaking level next level quality beautiful donuts like they had like kit kat collaborations oreo collaborations they had fruit juices they had sugar-free teas which is really cool they sold beer i i i'm like i can't fathom the the difference in quality between the duncan here and there and like i'm trying to think of a reason why the one here I don't want to say sucks because I enjoy it, but like, it's just so different. It's the quality of the food, honey. Tell me how those donuts had pearls on them. (laughs) Their croissants were fluffy. Their croissants aren't crescent shaped. They're long. You can tell like they are baked. Like it's like it was amazing. The croissants here are stale and colorless and they all look the same. It was so beautiful. Do you think it's just like like us and I feel like we keep bashing here, even though we're from here. No, but it's um, important to have be retrospective and see like what we're living in here and just compare. But it's okay for here. It's like profit. It's like just making the most out of like the least, you know, I I never have like a croissant sandwich and like, I'm like, Whoa, that croissant was good. It was like, usually it's the insides. The bread is like the least of my worries, but like bread quality is important. And not to mention, we didn't even go to France. And I've heard that France has like next level bread. Like that's, I, I love pastries. I love bread. Like that's something that I want to experience at some point. It's okay to be critical. I think there's a lot of great things about America and a lot of not great things. For example, tell me how safe I felt in Europe. Yo, so safe. The way I would just walk around and be like, I'm so happy. No one's going to just shoot me like seriously. And I know that's fucking morbid, but like, that's how it is here. Yeah. I, we went to this flamenco night thing, flamenco, flamingo (laughs) night thing where we were in a tiny, tiny little room. Packed like sardines. I'm telling you. Yeah. And I was just like, I feel so safe here. Did you think of any danger at all in that room? I felt so safe at night. I felt safe. Like, why is it that I literally walk through my own suburbs and I literally feel like someone like it's crazy like that because there's been situations like that. You go to the fucking grocery store like I'm scared. That's how it is for me. Mm -hmm. Right. I might be one of the very few people that gets afraid of things like that. But like that stuff scars me. You know, anytime there's like a shooting on the news, I literally like how am I that week? Yeah. Like just. 
bad. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. So you're up, man. The the thing. Okay. Great. Can we like name like five takeaways? Because I feel like we listed food and like we kind of stuck on that, and then like the living style. But no, like, I said my takeaways were have a community of six people once a week for dinner. I also said that being in like community for me, like having a spiritual group is very important. And you got that from Europe, from Madrid? What? The spiritual group? No, just like from European living lifestyle. Yeah, because people are out in parks and like just in community. For me, <gasps> fashion was big. Wait. That that Zara, the the clothes at Zara was so different. Wait, I forgot to mention something. Go ahead. <laughs> remember how every time people would stop to kiss that was a big thing you know yeah now that you mentioned that say it well i just like every time we'd walk i literally would see couples stop what they're doing and just be in the moment and make out i thought it was so beautiful because here i find like you go to the mall and people are like walking and people holding, hide to kiss here there no i think it's just you and me honey but no 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 people hide find like a little corner and kiss no honey i think it's just you and me no no yeah no uh people will like walk with their hands in the mall and then they'll just kind of peck their partner but like people they're like full-on like feel it and it's just so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it was genuinely romantic. Like it really was. Like walk through the park, stop, turn, and like. like I, I don't know if you remember. On. I remember two specifically. I remember one where we were near the hotel and it was like this young couple and like the guy was just like caressing his girlfriend's hair out of his face. He was like looking at her deeply. He was like kissing her so softly and beautiful and he was just like holding her hips and it was so nice. Then I remember another one <laughs> that we were on our way to like get croissants. Yeah. And it was like this girl. She looked like a model. Like she had like this like white shirt on and this skirt. And then the guy, he just like pulled her against the wall. And like, yeah, that was like, that was crazy. I remember that one. Yeah. And just like so passionate. Honey, we need to make out like that. Okay. Like, wait. Sure. So my takeaways from Spain and it's not the whole community bullshit. Like, okay. It's not bullshit. Okay. Why for do you me, put down what I for say? Me, Hold on. Let's talk about can, that. Can I finish? Let me talk and then I'll give you the... the whatever again. you guys defend me in the comments guys okay the fashion you can get away with anything you can put together anything you want be as weird as you want but you can like really show who you are as a person like there were a lot of rockers and like like that's just like they can do whatever they want but you the can food is fantastic like the quality is real it's homemade it's like from there it's just otherworldly it ain't no Olive Garden. It ain't no Chili's. It ain't no Longhorn. Like it's like a legitimate small place. Five star is crazy. Okay. And then safety, like safety was great. I felt like I could go anywhere with Natalie and like, we could like enjoy a night night together, walking through a city, not get mugged. Nothing was going to happen. I felt genuinely like at home. It was really nice. That was your throat. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's awesome. That concludes the Natalie and Dennis show for today. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, do your thing down below. And also stay tuned for next Friday where we'll be back on at 4 PM Eastern time. And do me a favor. If you're watching us live on YouTube, please. What the heck was that sound? That sounded like a pipe, <laughs> like a water pipe. Is our house going to explode? If you're watching us on YouTube, please share yourself watching it or just like your pet or whatever you want on Instagram and tag us at Natalie and Dennis show. 
and at Natalie's Outlet. And if you want, at hate underscore it's Dennis. Yeah, follow our socials, man. I feel like we haven't promoted our socials. I'm dying on Instagram. Honestly, I don't post a lot, but I love watching and like I live uh, just like partaking in socials. Yeah, okay. Bye. Have Bye. a good